are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 103.7 The Buzz and 103.7 The Buzz. Dot com. Arkansas and Oklahoma State coming up this weekend. It's going to be a great game, and uh, I know that there's a lot of excitement for the SEC Big 12 Challenge. We're going to talk about Jacob, uh, or talk with, I should say, Jacob uh, Unruh, who does a great job with the Oklahoman and uh, is covering call, uh, all the things Cowboys. But before I do, I, I do have to give a shout-out to the uh, women's basketball team for Arkansas, the Ladybacks, if you will. I know you're not supposed to call them that, but I'm going to keep calling them that. Like, what an awesome performance they had against UConn last night. Uh, that doesn't get any bigger than that. I think it's one of the iconic moments in Razorback sports history. UConn is, as far as domination in college sports, is about as good as it gets. I don't think there's any other person or any other team, I should say, in college sports in their respective leagues that dominate like UConn does. Even Bama in football doesn't dominate like UConn does. Uh, Duke in basketball or whoever in men's basketball doesn't. In baseball, they don't have that. I think that maybe could come close to be Arkansas on track when they were in their heyday, but uh, just sheer domination. So shout out and what a, what a great job by Mike Neighbors and uh, his Lady Backs team. And hopefully it's continuing on with great momentum going forward in the SEC season. So we'll see and just wanted to give everybody a shout out uh, for all that great performances. But right now let's go to the phone lines as we are joined by Jacob Unruh of the Oklahoman. Does a great job covering all things Oklahoma State and the Cowboys as they have a great, 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 great matchup with Arkansas and Oklahoma State coming in on Saturday. Jacob, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and it, it's kind of exciting because we always look forward to these challenges that happen every single year between the SEC and the Big 12. It usually uh, puts up for great matchups. But we'll just start with Arkansas and Oklahoma State. What did the Cowboys think about this matchup? Where is the fans excited about this uh, this type of game? What's the overall feel from Oklahoma State going into this game against Arkansas? You know, I think there's just a lot of excitement around Oklahoma State in general right now, but uh, a chance to, to be home on a day that OSU is going to remember the 10 from the, the 10 members of the program that died in the plane crash 20 years ago in Colorado. And um, they're also honoring Eddie Sutton, who coached Arkansas and Oklahoma State. Um, you know, it's all fitting. It's a big day. It's going to have a lot of excitement. Um, and plus, we just got word it sounds like Cade Cunningham is going to play tomorrow uh, for the first time after missing the last two games. So I think. Uh, there's a lot of buzz around this game now when you think about OSU has a chance to further solidify its tournament hopes um, and everything else going on around the game. How's this team been performing without Kay Cunningham, and then what kind of difference maker is he? Um, without Cade, uh, you know, they the score doesn't really – the final score against Baylor doesn't really show how well, to, well OSU played that day. Um, you know, they lost by 15, but they were up by nine. Uh, at one point, uh, which is the largest deficit Baylor's faced all season. OSU led um, until about the 11-12 minute mark in the second half. They were in control of that game, and uh, Jared Butler kind of took over on them. And uh, you know they, they didn't have they didn't have Cade, they didn't have Rondell Walker either that day. Um, they didn't have two of their better guys to go and put a stop to to a run that Baylor went on. And um, but OSU has found this new style of play that they haven't really used all season without Cade, and that's going a little bit bigger than normal. They've been playing a lot of four-guard sets um, with one big man, and then but lately the, with Cade out, they've went to two big men with Matthew Alexander Moncrief and Caleb Boone, um, and it's it's been incredibly successful for them. Uh, they, they've, they've found a lot of success with those two guys in pick and rolls and rebounding and 
and doing all these things, and it's made them more versatile. So tomorrow, uh, you know, with Arkansas being as fast as they are, OSU likes to play fast too. They're really nice to see those matchups kind of go to, you know, how they, how they match up each other as OSU tries to adjust their lineups and everything. And, and as far as how impactful Kate is, um, it, it doesn't measure well when you look at his stats. His stats are great. He's leading the Big 12 in scoring. Um, he's, he's a dynamic passer and rebounder. Um, but his biggest asset is he makes everyone better. And it's not just with what he does individually. It's how he, how he can just make this person confident. And he, he trusts his teammates. He does what's asked of him. He'll, he'll guard a point guard. He'll guard a center. You know, being a six, eight point guard, he can do all these different things. And, um, it makes him this rare, player especially the freshman that plays well beyond his years and makes he's made Oklahoma State better um, and it really showed the last two games I thought that this team is better because Kate has been there every day for the past few months making them better another player that may not be available is Ferran Flavor so what is Oklahoma State missing if he's not available you know he's um he's a graduate transfer from Cal Baptist and a, a dynamic shooter who's he's actually just struggled most of the year until he got hurt um and we're not quite sure when he got hurt. I think he tried to play through it for a while and has a finger injury on his shooting hand, and it's really impacted his shot. And so um, if OSU can get him back and he's right, um, that's a dangerous three-point shooter they could really use. Um, if not, they've adjusted well. You know, Bryce Williams, Williams has been shooting well from three. Rondell Walker shoots well from three. Uh, Isaac Blackley has even surprised some with some three-point shooting this year. So They've, they've got answers, um, but uh, he would just be a huge addition at this point. It's just been so long without him they've adjusted at this point. We're speaking with Jacob Unruh of the Oklahoman, talking about Oklahoma State on the Cartridge World Hotline here on Out of Bounds, 103.7 The Buzz. Uh, Jacob, as far as this team goes, I know it's been interesting because of COVID and you, know, you never know what the schedule and what the games are going to hold, but going into this season, what was the overall expectation from fans for this Cowboys team? Was it simply just making the tournament? Do they expect to make a further run in the tournament? Uh, just what's what's the expectation going forward? You know, I think there was a lot of um, there's a lot of excitement. There was expectation of the tournament run, but also with the NCAA investigation going on, there were questions they could make a tournament run um, because they're technically supposed to have a one-year postseason ban from the NCAA investigation. They've appealed, um, and as long as that appeal is still going on, um, they're eligible for the tournament. So I think at this point, if they get in the tournament and the appeal's still going on or the NCAA, you know, grants the appeal and, and reverses course on things, I think OSU fans will be absolutely thrilled. But going into it, they kind of thought, mm, probably not NCAA tournament, so let's enjoy Kate Cunningham while, while he's here and build for the future, which I think they're getting bo- the best of both worlds now. They're getting Cade. Um, at full force when he's healthy, obviously, and then you, you're getting uh, a good look at the future with the team because pretty much everyone's going to be back next season except Cade. So what kind of timeline are we looking at as far as maybe getting a decision on if that appeal goes through or do they expect that the appeal is still going to be working once the tournament starts? Um, that's, a, that's a good question. There's not a lot of chatter about it right now. Um, they The NCAA was it should have been done by now, but with all the COVID stuff going on, I think it's just been kind of put on the back burner. And so I don't, I don't anticipate um, it being solved by the tournament time at this point, but um, I guess you could never know uh, how the NCAA is going to operate on that. And I think OSU is willing to maybe go fight a little harder too if they, if the appeal 
is denied and to kind of see what other legal recourses they have um, because they feel like they were they were wrongly punished um, the way the, the way they were punished was wrong and they they're looking to to right that wrong and they're going to do what they can. We'll continue our discussion with Jacob Unruh here in just a second, but first, with the ever increasing of mics and models when it comes to your vehicle, it's impossible just to go to a storefront or a traditional chain and see what they have available if it's even available for your car. It's tough. It's tough to find it. It's tough to find it that's affordable and all that. But luckily for you, rockauto.com is a family business that has been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, shop for auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And it's the best thing about it is that they're actually reliably priced. So it doesn't matter if you're a do-it-yourselfer or if you own a business that sells car parts. There's no reason to spend twice as much. So go to rockauto.com and see all the car parts that they have available. And be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Jacob, just looking at, uh, obviously, with this year and and the craziness that's gone on with it, we've always looked at Arkansas, and we know kind of what they have to do to win games and and who they have to go through to win those games. But from Arkansas looking at Oklahoma State, if Arkansas is going to go on the road, and I would say it's an upset, but it'll still be a great game. If Arkansas is going to go on the road and beat Oklahoma State, what do they have to do? What are some of the weaknesses of this Oklahoma State team? You know, I think you're gonna if you can get them into to to start turning the ball over. They've had that issue lately. Um, the other night at Iowa, they had uh, 24 turnovers, uh, which kind of creeps up on. They hadn't had too much of an issue like that. Um, I, I I have trouble figuring out if it's a if that was a fact that they're playing an Iowa State team that had six scholarship players available or without Kate Cunningham, and they were just trying to do too much. Or if it's the Kate Cunningham factor or the youth factor, I, um, but if you get them in turnover situations like that, they dominate the rebounds. OSU tends to be small um, for the most part, but they rebound really well. Uh, if you can kind of get them in those areas um, and kind of figure out a way to to slow them down and to keep them from creating turnovers and turn them into offense, then you can kind of get their offense into a lull sometimes. And, and that's led to some problems because they they've blown it. They blew a 19 point lead against West Virginia, lost the game in the second half. Um, they blew a lead in the final two minutes against TCU when they were up eight, and TCU closed the game on a 9-0 run to win uh, near the buzzer. And um, they've had those problems part of a young team. And so if you can lull them, if you get their offense to kind of slow down and and get them to stall a little bit, you've got a good chance to even make up a deficit on them. So from saying that, then what does this team do best offensively? It sounds like they probably are best at running yeah they, they they are they they're they're probably the faster team in, in the big 12 but uh, it was interesting my point uh head coach today said that arkansas is the is much faster which i thought was interesting but you know they, they run well um they do that very well they get to the basket really well so you've got guys like Cade, um isaac likely is an attacker um bryce williams will attack moncrief is really good around the basket you've got guys like that that'll they get to the basket well. If they score a ton of points in the paint, even for a team that doesn't have traditional big men, um, they go in there and, and they play really well there and, and get teams that way. And so you kind of don't look for a ton of threes. Um, it's going to be more of an inside game uh, and attacking the basket from them. 
Jacob, you mentioned Eddie Sutton, and obviously these two teams are kind of tied into that same perspective because Eddie Sutton, of course, did a great job at Arkansas getting them to a Final Four. Same thing at Oklahoma State. The court is named after Eddie Sutton there in Stillwater. Uh, just what what's the impact that Eddie Sutton had on the Oklahoma State program? We know what he did on Arkansas, but what is it about Oklahoma State and Eddie Sutton that's made it so special there? You know, it's, it's actually kind of comparable to Arkansas. He came in and took a program that was once really good and had – Fallen on really hard times and was was really struggling and, and turned around. I mean, he went to 13 NCAA tournaments. He went to two Final Fours with them. Um, you know, he he made Oklahoma State basketball a premier program in the 90s, 2000s. Um, you know, the, and and really made it this this. It, OSU was a basketball school at the time. I mean, now it's gone more to football the last 15 or so years, but it was a basketball school for a long time, and that was because of Eddie Sutton. Um, and what he brought to the team, he brought this ferocious defense that, and this intensity that that people just fell in love with in Stillwater. This hard work mentality, and um, it really made a huge mark there. And it's something Mike Boynton's been working to bring back. And a lot of a lot of fans will talk now that some of these players that he has now reminds them of players that Eddie Sutton would have recruited back in the day. And, um, it's a big testament, and that's a big place for OSU to get to again. Is that something that uh, Oklahoma State relies on as far as, like, the historical standpoint where they're able to go out and replay, re- recruit players like Cade Cunningham? Um, you know, I think to a point. Um, the problem is, is Eddie's still a little bit before a lot of the kids now. You know, um, they're, they're, quite, they're not quite old enough to, to know Eddie Sutton as well. They learn about the history when they get there. But, you know, a lot of the things OSU relies on recruiting is, is – you know they've got a they've got a great coach in Mike Boynton um, and a great recruiter in Mike Boynton and his staff, um, but they're also in the Big Twelve, which is one of the deeper conferences of basketball in the country. The competition's great. Um, the, the tradition is something they rely on, but when you can look at the current players that they have and the and the current state of Big Twelve is really what they rely on in recruiting wise. You are Locked On Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. What do you make of Eric Musselman? Because uh, here in the SEC, there's a lot of great coaches and, and coaches that may have big names, but Razorback fans are pretty excited about what he's bringing to the table. When you think of Eric Musselman, what do you think of him? You know, that's uh, <laughs> I can't speak too much on Eric Musselman. I, I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't get to see him that much, obviously, and, and I've only talked to him just yesterday on on a zoom call uh, with all the other media, but uh, he seems like a guy that has come in and implemented his style. And um, it's a fun style of basketball, which gets fans excited. And if you get the right player sport, which he seems to be doing, he's getting young guys. He's really good on the, the, the portal, uh, getting guys from the portal. And so it seems like a good mix of talent and, and excitement for fans that, that I think uh, they should have a reason to be excited about him. So when you look at this Arkansas roster, um, as you know, maybe a fan or fans of the team, what would most scare fans going into this game from Arkansas's perspective? Oh, you know, from you would have to think that. What do you mean most scared? I'm sorry. Um, like, uh, like player, like a player matchup or players to look out for that you know you're thinking if the ball is in this guy's hands then you want to keep it out of his hands because if, if he's the guy, then you're probably going to lose the game if, if you can't control him. So, I mean, if, if you're OSU, you're looking at, I mean, obviously looking at Moses Moody. Um, 
who's, you know, I know struggled recently, but he's kind of a guy that played with Cade and is going to know Cade. And um, I, I would assume he's going to come out aggressive tomorrow, um, ready to go. And, um, you know, I think uh, Boynton pointed point towards Justin Smith has been kind of a match, a matchup problem for him. Um, you know, guys like that, I think are always you really look to a little bit. Um, you know, Jalen Tate has been, has been really good too. And so, uh, you know, Boynton knows these guys pretty well and has looked at, kind of pointed to those three guys as kind of the ones they really kind of focus on, I think. But he, he, he thought about the death of this roster, you know, and he tried to get, uh, Devo too, you know, and, uh, they, they had him committed at one point and he split. So Boynton knows this roster well, but I think those are the three you look at. The Big 12, man, it is such a tough conference, and it has so many great teams in it. It, it almost seems like the the SEC of, uh, as far as football, comparatively speaking, mm-hmm. and basketball. Uh, I mean, what? who's going to – I know Baylor's the number one team as far as in that conference and how it goes, but how do you see the Big 12 shaking out once the regular season comes to an end? Uh, you know, I, I don't know that anyone's going to take Baylor off the top of the, the conference. I don't know that Baylor's going to go undefeated, um, but I don't know that anyone's going to knock them off the top of the conference. Um, so I think from there you've got to look at, you know, Texas has been playing really well. They obviously got beat by OU the other night, but they were shorthanded because of COVID. They had three players out, three key players, and Shaka Smart was out. Um, you know, but I think you start to look at Texas, you look at OU. OU's been playing very well. Uh, I've seen a surprise a lot of people. Um, veteran squad, Long Kruger is, is, a, is a master uh, coach of getting players, you know, to progress through a season. And, um, he's, he's adjusted well. They've had some COVID issues, but he's found a right lineup with four guards. It's really made a difference, especially defensively. And so I think you start looking at Texas OU. Um, I think OSU can sneak up there. Um, you know, but then West Virginia, Texas Tech are kind of battling out for a spot there too. Um, and Kansas, Kansas is a tough team to read right now. They're not playing very well. Um, they lost two games in a row. In conference play, um, they struggled with TCU last night, and TCU has been struggling lately. Um, so I think, you know, when, when you look at this OSU team in the Big 12, they could go anywhere from, I think, right now from three to, to seven in this conference. That's kind of how the conference is. And the th- thing is, like, seven teams will probably make the tournament. And so if you're seven, you're still not in a bad spot because you're probably still going to make the tournament. What do you think of the SEC Big 12 challenge as a whole, and how do you expect that to shake out? Uh, SEC have more wins or Big 12? You know, I, I enjoy it. Um, I think it's interesting to have it in the middle of, big, of conference play for both teams, but, um, you know, it's kind of a good little break. And um, this year I kind of lean towards the Big 12 just because of the depth overall. Um, you know, I know the Texas-Kentucky game got canceled, but, uh, you know, I look I look at the Big 12 and just kind of see just how talented and, and a lot of them have played good non-conference schedules already. And so I think, you kind of lean that way, but um, I think it's really close to be, you know, maybe come out as a tie. But uh, I lean towards the Big Twelve in this. All right, last one before I let you get out of here. I do want to shift gears and go to football because I think it's so funny that every single off season, it seems like Mike Gundy's name gets brought up in some coaching search, and there's always <laughs> coaching searches go on, but the guy never leaves. Is he ever going to leave Oklahoma State? Are any of these searches and, and like interviews or possible interest ever real? What's the situation with Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State, and that football program? Um, you know, I think he's here to stay for a little while, um, at least. Um, you know, last year was obviously very problematic for him in the off season, and um, his buyout was just was the, one of the big reasons he was he was uh, able to stay. It was it was too much, but they reworked it and. We did some things in his contract, but 
right now, I mean, I haven't seen his name really pop up in anything this offseason, and I think part of that is because of last year. And so I think uh, as long as, you know, he's here, I don't know if it's going to – it might be another few years before he gets another chance elsewhere um, just because of everything that happened last summer. But who knows? The college football coaching is a crazy thing. Uh, people get chances, second chances all the time. Um, you know, he's still doing really – you know, obviously OSU had a pretty good season. It was disappointing by their by their expectations. But, uh, you know, I expect him to be here for another year. Definitely another year. I don't know if five might be stretching it, but uh, I think he'll be here for a little while longer. Yeah, I think that's called program stability, and Oklahoma State has yeah. plenty of it because especially in college football, you don't see it very often. But either way, Jacob, we really appreciate you hopping on with us this afternoon, man. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the games, and uh, maybe we'll be catching up with you later down the road. Awesome. Thanks for having me as always. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 